Hi, welcome to Upgrade Your Faith. I'm Luke Gradless, and this is one of our bite-sized Bible studies where we come together for just a few minutes, get into God's Word, let it activate our minds, touch our hearts, and start to transform our souls. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been on a journey through the book of Psalms, and just jumping through these different poems, these different songs, and, and looking not only at the, the theological truth that's there, that doctrine, but also the beauty that these poems have in their ability to pull us towards God and to remind us that the most important thing is not just that we change our lives by acting differently and acting holy, but that we have this deep, intimate relationship with God. And that relationship, that's the source that leads to all the different change in our lives. And I think, again, that's, that's such an important thing. The, the answers God has for your life aren't just pieces of wisdom. They are rooted in Him. He's the answer. He's what you need. And if you have him, if you have that intimate relationship, then his love, his power, his grace, his mercy, uh, just the wonder of his character will start to impact your life. And it will overflow into those areas where, where you are experiencing pain and hurt. And you will see goodness occur because of the presence of God. And so I think the Psalms constantly remind us that we shouldn't be chasing God for what he has. We should be chasing God for who he is. And so today we find ourselves in Psalm 111. And, and Psalm 111 is just beautiful because it is just fully focused on praising God. Uh, Psalm 111 and similarly 112 uh, are psalms that we, we don't necessarily catch all the beauty of them in uh, when we look at them in English. If you were to read this in Hebrew, what you would see is this is what they call um, an acrostic, which means it's 22 lines. And each line starts with a different letter of the alphabet, and it goes through the alphabet. Um, and, and so in Hebrew, a very beautiful thing, um, great structure. And, and again, I think this is one of those things that we, we sometimes don't marvel at. This book is awesome. I mean, it's, it's 66 different books. It's poetry, it's music, it's history, it's theology, it's uh, advice for life. It's, it's just, there's so much beauty in it. And when you see it all come together, you realize it has to be a, a document created by the Almighty God because the amounts of beauty in it, uh, the amounts of perfection and how it all comes together, no, no man was going to put this together. And so in Psalm 111, it starts with, Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, studied by all who have pleasure in them. His work is honorable and glorious, and His righteousness endures forever. He has made His wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He has given food to those who fear Him. He will ever be mindful of His covenant. He has declared to His people the power of His works and giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of His hands are verity and justice, all his precepts are sure, and they stand fast forever and ever, and are done in truth and in uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's, it's such a simple song, but there, there's a couple things I want to pull out here I think that are important. Um, first off, Remember, you and I, our main purpose in life is to glorify God. That's what we were created for. We were created for this relationship with God, but to bring Him glory because He is worthy of glory. 
He is perfect. He's powerful. He's awesome. And when we say awesome, not the way we say awesome for everything else in this life. He is truly awesome. He, he takes your breath away with the beauty of, of who he is. And so I think that needs to be a focus of our day-to-day lives. How do we praise the Lord? How do we lift up not just our words and our voices, but our hearts to him to show him that we love him and, and we cherish him? Second, I love that it, it talks about this, this joy that comes from doing what? Praising the Lord with the whole heart, with everything you are. And and it's important to note, the Hebrews viewed the heart differently than us. They didn't view it as the center of emotion. They viewed it as the center of decision-making. You made decisions with your heart. And so there's this this understanding of, I need to love him with everything I am. And and we see this throughout scripture, right? In Matthew 22, uh, when Jesus is talking about the greatest commandment, it says, love the Lord your God with what? With all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And Mark adds strength. The point being, you got to love them with every ounce of what you are. And there are some of us where we've got to look at our lives and realize uh, we're, we're strong in one point, maybe weak on another. You know, some of us, we lean towards being emotional. Uh, we, we can get caught up in, in feeling something. But then we struggle to back that up with knowledge. And then there's others of us that we can dig into the word and we get all doctrinal and we look at, like, look at theology and, and, and we get very intellectually into it. But then we might miss the heart part. We might miss the fact that, hey, by the way, you're supposed to be in love with God. This isn't just you studying a book. And so I think we've got to find that balance in our lives, that ability to be both emotionally in love with him and intellectually in love with him. And that encompasses the totality of who we are. And so kind of know yourself. Who are you? Where are you strong? Try to show that strength. Where are you weak? Try to address that strength. Uh, For me, I love the Psalms because they call me to be focused on the emotional piece. And and while I think I'm an emotional human being, uh, the reality is a lot of times when I come to theology, when I come to Christ, when I come to the Word, I do want to dig through those doctrines. Um, I do want to pull out those pieces that I'm searching for. And so I think this is awesome because it pulls you back to remember, you know, sometimes just, just get caught up in being blown away with who God is. That's awesome. I also love that it has this context of you don't do it alone, right? He's looking forward to worshiping where? In the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. And and, and so let me just make a little plug right here for you. If you don't have a home church, find a home church. Find a church where people are preaching the word of God and where you are living life with other people. And, And when you search for a church, Don't try to find a perfect one because they don't exist. They don't exist. Every church is just full of sinners, broken sinners. And so everywhere you go, you will find broken people making dumb decisions, doing dumb things. But you know what the beauty of the church is? It's all those broken sinners coming together and trying. Trying to write their life with the wisdom of God. Trying to serve God and build his kingdom. And doing that in love where they all admit, you know, we're not perfect, we all make mistakes, but we're gonna love each other through this. And so yes, there will be mess ups at church, and guess what, you're one of them. And the beauty is not to find something perfect, the beauty is to find this group of people who all come together committed to following God. 
And that's something that we see throughout the pages of the Bible, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament. The context of being in a relationship with God is that you're also in a relationship with the people of God. Whether that in the Old Testament is Israel or in the New Testament is the church. God expects his people to congregate and be together, right? He says, greatest commandment, love God, love people. And if you want to love people, that's joyfully sacrificing for them. You got to do that by being close to them, by being on a journey with them, and by doing work with them. All right, so I'm off that soapbox, but do find a church. Don't just let, you know, bite-sized Bible studies or online sermons be your only way of growing. You need to find that family of people that God has built for you. So then look at verse 2. Uh, it says, the works of the Lord are great and studied by all who have pleasure in them. Do you take pleasure in this? Right? Like how many of us get caught up on watching some stupid TV show on Netflix and before you know it, we've watched four or five episodes or maybe more. Um, how many of us have been caught up in a good book and we stay up way too late just flipping through the pages because we're so intrigued? Um, do you do that with this? Or do you find yourself struggling to get through it and treating it like a homework? He says, the works of the Lord are great and they're studied by all who have pleasure in them. They enjoy the journey. And what I've always loved about the word is, is yes, it does take a little bit of work, but it's not really that hard. And second, what you learn here has a value unlike anything else. There are so many hours I've wasted on dumb video games or television shows or who knows what, just junk that has not changed my life, has not made me a better husband, a better father, a better servant of God, has no eternal value, and yet so often I put this to the side. This is a beautiful thing that we need to find pleasure in and not just look at it as work. He says his works are honorable, glorious, his work is honorable and glorious. And so now as he's reflecting on God, and I love this, like the psalmist David is even part of this. He's only thinking about how awesome God is. And he's thinking back to everything God has done. He's made wonderful works. He's gracious. He's full of compassion. He's given food to those who fear him. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. So he starts referring to this covenant. And, and the assumption is this is the uh, covenant he made with Abraham. Uh, that, that, you know, he would have all these children and that these children would be a blessing to all the world. And we know that now. We know that that not only grew to the nation of Israel, but from Abraham and from the nation of Israel came Jesus. The Messiah, the Savior of the world, the one that has wiped away our sins and the one who offers us eternal life. And so David's just reflecting on all these different things that God has done. And I encourage you to think about that. Uh, some folks in the prayer lives think that prayer is always just being on your knees, eyes closed, head bowed. Um, there's a lot of good ways to be actively in prayer. And so, you know, one thing that I find to be helpful sometimes is sit down with a pen and paper and pray to God, but do almost what David's doing here, right? He's thinking about who God is. He's thinking about what has God done. He, he's thinking about these different moments where God has shown mercy and compassion and love. Take some time and do that. Think through those things. And as you're writing them, pray to God about those things. Praise him for the work that he has done. Verse 7, he says, the works of his hands are verity and justice. They're true. They're right. 
and his precepts are sure. What God gives us, we can stand on. They're solid. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. And, and brothers and sisters, this calls us back to remember this is the foundation. If you want to know what the foundation of your life should be, it should be a relationship with God that's built on the word that he gave you. It should be the foundation of how you view everything in your life, how you view your work, your romantic relationships, your raising of children, your relationship with money, how you encounter culture in the world, right? God has given you this book full of these precepts and they stand the test of time. They are upright and they are strong. They will not move. They will not shake. They will not collapse on you. We got to have that kind of faith in the word of God. He has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. And so I just love this journey, right? David's on this journey thinking about who God is. What has God done? What are the promises that God has made? How God has fulfilled him? And where does it lead him to? In just a few moments, it doesn't take long when it's God. In just a few moments of thinking about who God is and what God has done, it takes him right to holy and awesome is his name. It takes him to praise. Brothers and sisters, it's so easy in this world to let the circumstances around us, the stress of work, the stress of family life, the stress of you, you name it, right? I mean, everything you look around in the world is crazy. We got coronavirus, we got crazy politics, we got all kinds of things happening on it. People get stressed out so easy. Just pause, just pause, just for a moment in the midst of all that chaos. And just think about your Lord. Think about who he is. Think about how he loves you. Think about the fact that he's your father. Think about how he saved Israel and how he brought us, the Gentiles, into his family. Think about how he sent his one and only son to this earth to show us love and not to condemn us, but to save us from our sins. And not only did he save us from our sins and wash us clean, but then he adopted us into his family. You spend just a couple minutes doing that and your heart will be drawn to praise. And once you have that perspective of remembering who he is, remembering what he's done for you, it's amazing that once you glance back down at the circumstances around you, you go, he's got this. This ain't that big. I'm not so stressed. If God can handle those things, God can handle this. And it leads him to the closing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This awesome, mighty respect that we have for God this ability to look at him and realize that is a great big God who can do awesome and almighty things. That is what leads us towards a path of wisdom. And, and so I hope you see, brothers and sisters, as we go through these psalms, they are beautiful sort of speaking to your heart and they're beautiful to challenging your mind. And if we praise God in the right way, it leads to all kinds of good changes in our life. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. I hope God blesses you greatly. I hope he uses you tomorrow to build the kingdom. And I hope you are just a light in the midst of that darkness. We'll see you soon. May God bless you.